This is The Point, professional investing in Australia with Pendle. Welcome to The Point podcast from Pendle. Central banks around the world are in a tidal fight against inflation, lifting interest rates to cull price rises and just as importantly, expectations of price rises. The US Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, the Reserve Banks of Australia and New Zealand and even the ECB are lifting rates and the message is clear, getting on top of inflation is the number one priority. Rates will keep rising until that's done, even if it means a downturn. So how should investors think about their macroeconomic outlook? To help us out this morning, I welcome Tim Hext, Head of Government Bond Strategies at Pendle. Tim, welcome to The Point. Thanks, Sean. So why is keeping a cap on inflation so important to central banks? Oh, look, I think the concept's been established for, for a very long time that Low inflation, and low doesn't have to be a specific number, but just the the view that it's low enough that it's not going to impact either your investment or consumption decisions. Obviously, very high inflation means people bring forward their consumption, but it also means people often delay production and it's not healthy. And similarly, if you have inflation too low, you get the opposite happening. So low inflation, which is defined as, I guess, somewhere between about 1% and 4%, if you want to be very broad about it, is what they aim for through the cycle. Okay. And inflation expectations, why do they talk about that so much? I guess it's just you're getting down to human behaviour, aren't you, really? I mean, if you think prices are going to go up, even if they haven't gone up, if you think they are, it is going to affect your consumption decisions. It's also going to affect what you might do on wages in terms of how much you're pushing for for wage rises. So once you start to see expectations become embedded in the system, and I, th- I think for anyone of your listeners who's of a certain age, or which I might be, being Generation X. And I, uh, and I. <laughs> I grew up in a world where, you know, you just expected inflation to go up by a fair bit every year. And it was, about the time, it was sort of 5 to 10%. And you just didn't know any difference. So, in a sense, that became embedded. And that's what they're trying to avoid. Okay. So, how much more will central banks lift interest rates? And I appreciate that, you know, if you're in New Zealand, you've gone up a hell of a lot already. Same in the US, not so much in the ECB. But just where are we in the cycle, I suppose? So I think we're nearing the end of phase one. And phase one has been about getting back to neutral. Neutral being just getting away from the idea that you've got stimulatory monetary policy. Now, the idea of neutral is not a scientific idea. But, you know, mostly if you look at neutral in Australia, the RBA defines that as kind of inflation plus a bit. And inflation, obviously, they target two and a half through the cycle. And the plus a bit depends on productivity. But right now, the plus a bit isn't much at all. So you would say neutral is somewhere between two and a half and three. And yesterday's rate hike in Australia took us to 235. So we're getting close to neutral. And I think really this stage one, which is in 2022, is all about let's get back to neutral. Let's see what happens, what impact that has. And then we can work out what we do next year, you know, when we have a lot more information. And the important point here is lags because there's a there's a lot of lags going on where, you know, you've got to show some patience at some point to see what's actually happened. So it's almost like taking a breather and just seeing everything that, that's happened since, well, in some countries since late last year and Australia since May. It's just about seeing how that flows through the economy, which means maybe we won't just keep getting these 50 basis point rises in Australia, for example. Yeah, look, I, I think the 50s are probably over for now anyway. And you've got two lags going on. Firstly, there's the lag around the actual impact to people's hip pockets of mortgage rate rises. And it does take several months for a rise to feed through to your mortgage. So given they only started in in May, the full impact of rate rises won't be felt until the end of the year around Christmas. So I think the RBA will quite rightly want to sit back and see what impact that is. 
So my base view is that I'll probably do two more 25s this year, get cash rates up to 285. They might put a third in up to 310, but let's just call it 3%. I think then they'll sit back through Christmas. There's no meeting in January and maybe even February, March and, and see what impact it's had. And of course, in 2023, you're going to start to see a lot of fixed rate mortgages also roll into floating rate. So you're looking at people's rates going from 2% up towards 6%. So there's a hell of a lot of tightening yet to happen, even though the cash rate is well underway. And I think the RBA know that, and I think they will show some patience. Now, the second thing that's going to be going on, and this is more important, is you are actually going to see inflation weakening considerably in the US. Now, I know right now it doesn't feel like it, but on the goods inflation side, there's a huge amount of evidence building that we've seen the peak and that you're going to get a sharp drop in inflation in goods markets. Things like supply chains, they're still tighter than they were pre-COVID, but they've recovered the majority of their problems. When you look at things like commodity prices, oil prices, all sorts of things, a lot of them are back to where they were certainly last year, and a lot of them are sort of mainly back to where they were pre-COVID. So there's every chance we're actually going to get some negative CPI prints out of the US. Now, this doesn't mean inflation's over. It doesn't mean they're going to cut rates, but that certainly will mean they can take the pressure off the hiking rates. What's the chance of all these higher rates pushing an economy like the US or Australia, Europe is a good example, into recession? Well, a proper recession where you see, you know, unemployment climbing significantly as opposed to more sort of a technical GDP recession. I don't view that as a high probability, actually, because I, I do think, and this is probably not a a widely held view at the moment where we all are all panicking or central banks are panicking about inflation. But, you know, as I said, inflation is going to moderate in the US from 8.5%, probably down towards 3 to 4% over the next 6 to 12 months. And as I said, there might be some negative prints in there. Now, that's going to take pressure of rates. Employment's going to remain reasonably strong. People still have, you know, decent savings buffers. So I don't see us heading into some sort of recession. I don't think the central banks need to, you know, they're talking tough, but I don't think they need to crush the economy to kill off inflation. Now, services inflation will remain an issue, and this is why they're not going to be able to cut rates. Services inflation will remain very sticky both here and the US, closer to 5%. But goods prices have been up around 10. They're going to head towards zero. And you put those two together and you're looking at a inflation rate in Australia and the US sort of by the middle to the end of next year of three to four percent rather than seven, eight, nine. And that will mean the pressure is off considerably off the central banks. And that will help avoid a recession as well. Okay. So for, for 30 years or more now, investors have been investing in pretty much a falling interest rate environment or a very, very low interest rate environment. That is literally a generation of investors. How should people think about investing now that rates are rising? What's different? I think you've got to accept the fact that there's two things you should be doing at the moment. One is you have to accept the fact that inflation is going to be, on average, a fair bit higher over the next decade than the last decade. Now, as I said, my view is we will see some relief on inflation, but I still think we're going to remain in Australia, you know, it's quite sticky around a 3 to 4%. So you should have inflation protection in your portfolios. Inflation is something people have had the luxury of ignoring for the past 25 years. And what I mean by that, if you think about investing, what is investing? It's delayed consumption. You know, when you put money into your super, you're saving today to consume tomorrow. And what is consumption? Well, your biggest exposure is prices. 
What is your purchasing power? Your first and foremost aim when you're investing, particularly for retirement, is protecting your purchasing power. And that means hedging for inflation. So in the world of low rates, you could get away with not actually explicitly doing that, just doing it via equities and property and everything gave you sort of, you know, six, seven, eight percent returns. Inflation was down below two. So everyone said, there you go. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm hedged for inflation. But they were mistaking the fact that low inflation was also boosting asset values through low interest rates. Now that's reversed. So in my mind, the portfolio you should be looking at having for the next 10 years is one where you have a lot more explicit inflation protection because I think there's a lot of uncertainties in the next five or 10 years on so many fronts, not just geopolitical, but climate and all sorts of other things that you should be getting back to explicit protection against inflation. The second thing I would say is just temper your return expectations. I mean, even now you still see people advertising out there. Obviously, they quite cutely use average returns for the last decade or so, but they're still building expectations you're somehow going to get 8 to 10% year after year after year. I don't think that's the case. That's ridiculous, really. And, and, and that was a golden period of low inflation, low rates, which is also over. So I think they're the two main things, get explicit inflation protection, but also just temper your expectations and remind yourself of why you're investing. As I said, a lot of people just view it as a pot of money and the idea is to just grow that pot of money. I've worked for the government and also for bank balance sheets. The concept is you have a liability and for a retiree or someone near retirement, your liability is your purchasing power. You need to hedge for that. Tim, thank you for talking to The Point. No worries, Sean. Thank you. That was Tim Hext, Head of Government Bond Strategies at Pendle. You've been listening to The Point podcast from Pendle. I'm Sean Aylmer. Have a great day. 